come Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. <clears throat> Illuminate these scriptures for us, the great mystery of the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Convict, console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. They will look upon him whom they have pierced. These words from the prophet Zechariah, which St. John reminds us of in the gospel today. They will look upon him whom they have pierced. That as they were coming to Christ, Again, is so many things in Scripture <clears throat> that the Lord had planned in His providence that people were unaware. And so they're coming and they're breaking the legs of the other two and they get to Jesus and they see that He has already died. And so then they, they pierce His side. And that poured forth from His side was blood and water. And it's at this moment... Or what happens, one of the Roman soldiers, truly, this man is the Son of God. A pagan, one who is crucifying Jesus by looking upon his pierced heart, was converted, began to open up to the mystery of who Jesus was. And this is a fulfillment of this prophecy from Zechariah. This is some more of the passage that St. John doesn't quote. He says, They shall look upon him whom they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. And they shall grieve over him as one grieves for a firstborn. And on that day there shall be open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem a fountain to purify from sin and uncleanness. We hear this, the prophet Zechariah is prophesying on the day that they look upon him whom they have pierced, then a fountain of mercy will open up to purify from sin and uncleanness. So there for us today still is an invitation to gaze upon the pierced heart of Jesus on the cross. The church continually has, has told us for, for thousands of years that it is in the sacred heart of Jesus that the union of God and man is made most perfect and most manifest, most intimately and accurately manifest in the sacred heart of Jesus, this communion of God and man. And the church speaks to us, it says, in that, in the pierced heart of Jesus, God is no longer hidden. He's no longer hidden, but he is revealed. We see the revelation of who he is in the, in the most profound way possible. 
We go back to the the Genesis and then the fall and then the Lord begins to reveal himself again and there's this gradual revelation and this gradual revelation and this gradual revelation and then the prophets are pointing to the one who is to come and he has come. Today on Good Friday, we turn our eyes, the eyes of our hearts and our souls ever more keenly to his pierced heart. We pray for the grace to see, maybe to see him for the first time or to see him anew. That those rivers of living water that came forth from his heart, that the blood that came forth from his heart is for you, is for me. Sunday and yesterday, last night, we've been meditating and contemplating these words of Jesus. I have eagerly desired to celebrate this Passover with you. Jesus revealing the longing of his heart. And today on the cross, he reveals it again. I thirst. I thirst. What is Jesus thirsting for? Again, the church continually telling us over and over, he is thirsting for us. He is longing for us. That is why he is there. That is why he is on the cross. Because he has come to rescue us. To make us again sons and daughters, to espouse us to his heart. Are we aware? Do we see? Do we thirst? Do we thirst? And the the woman at the well, she approaches, right? And she approaches hesitantly. And Jesus asks her for a drink. And she's like, well, you're not supposed to be talking to me. Why are you talking to me? And sometimes maybe as the Lord is, is approaching us and getting closer to us, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't you stay at a distance, Lord? It is easier at a distance. It is easier at a distance. But he approaches, no. Give me a drink. And then she says, ah, again, she's she's distant, she's distant. He says, but if you would have asked me, if you would ask me, I will give you living water. I will give you living water. And again, she's hesitant. You don't even have a bucket. The well is deep. You don't have a bucket. And Jesus just continues to persist. The water that I will give, he who drinks will never thirst again. And then in this moment, she's freed. She says, give me this water. Give me this water. This water is the water and blood that comes forth from the heart of Jesus on the cross. Today, let us pray for deeper faith, for eyes to see that what put Jesus on the cross more than our sins is the love of his heart. He is on that cross to forgive us of our sins, yes, but it is his love that has brought him to that cross.
Because the forgiveness of sins is just a means to a greater end of communion and union with him. Forgiveness of sins is vitally important, but it is just a means to get us to communion with the living God who thirsts for us. They shall look upon him whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they shall grieve over him as one grieves for a firstborn. And on that day, on that day, today, there should be open to the house of David, to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a fountain, a fountain to purify from sin and uncleanness, a fountain flowing from the heart of Jesus who thirsts for us, whose love has brought him to the cross. Let us cry out with the soldier who pierced his side, truly, truly he is the son of God. And let us cry out with the woman at the well, Jesus, give me this water to drink. Jesus, I thirst for you.